Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's uh, here's half the host of Webcology, Jim Hedger, and we're joined by the uh, lovely and brilliant Christine Schackinger. Christine, Hello. thank you for uh, thanks for sitting in. Um, let's play let, let, let's play a fun radio game. Guess where Dave is? <laughs> um, Dave? I get one guess, right? You got one guess. It's gonna be a mountain, and yep. it's gonna have a W. And it sounds like a whistle. (laughs) Where where he's going to ride his damn fool bike down the side of a mountain over and over and over again. Yes, yes, he does. This is what he does for, this is what Dave Davies does for a hobby. He goes to the top of one of the, you know, it's a gorgeous and then terrifying ski, ski hill and rides down it. And I admire that. I can't tell you why, but I do. Um, mostly because I, it's it's crazier than, than I'm willing to be. <laughs> Speaking of crazy, and Christine, again, I, this is a <laughs> uh, great week for you to sit in because it was a crazy week in tech. Um, you, know, you, you know how I often say, like, summer is the time that tech sort of goes and crawls away somewhere to sleep off, like, what it was up to for the rest of the year? Um, not this week. This week uh, marked the beginning of summer, and uh, just, I don't know, just all, all around massive changes in tech. The biggest one in search, and the one that I, you know, I think we, 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 we want to approach uh, from the very beginning, is um, the godfather of the search marketing industry, Danny Sullivan, announces his retirement. <laughs> oh, he also likes the Oscars quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He used to tweet about it a lot. Um, anyway, Danny Sullivan, uh, founder, really, it's, it's hard, it's hard not to say founder of our industry, um, or at least the person who popularized it is, I, uh, I, I'm sorry. Oh, go for it, Christine. Oh, I was just going to say, I came into search just about the time, the whole kerfuffle between, uh, search engine watch and Danny and SMX was kind of at its end point, like. Danny started to come to like search engine watch conferences. Well, so, yeah. yeah. Kevin Ryan, who was uh, who was in charge of uh, SES at that time, decided it was you know the, the fight was stupid. May as well may as well make peace in the family and bury the hatchet. And he invited Danny to a conference. Danny invited him to speak at one of uh, his conferences. And yeah, that saved a uh, a lot of hassle that was forming in the industry. Yeah, because there was a big divide about the time I came in, but it was coming to the end of it uh, just about a year or two after I started. Yeah. So, um, Danny, on behalf of, uh, I guess, uh, the, the former the former webmaster radio crew in Cranberry.fm, and you know, anyone who's listening to the show who's marketing, Danny, brother, man, thank you for everything. Um, you, 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 you helped change the world, really. And by the way, there's a really uh, nice comic by Kim today. Oh, 
from all of us to all of you, Danny. <laughs> okay, and we're back. Um, <laughs> I almost sang a few bars. So what else happened? Um, we, got about, we got about 10 minutes before we got to do our next break. Okay, so did you hear about the uh, case in Canada? Christine? I did. It was pretty big news today. The law is a convoluted, necessarily complicated machine. You know, a decision to satisfy a wrong under one set of circumstances can create new and un unintended or totally, like, unanticipated wrongs under a whole new set of circumstances. And uh, that's what we got from the Supreme, from a decision that emerged from the Supreme Court of Canada this week. Google versus, and I, I'm going to butcher this, Equestic, I think is how you pronounce it. Sounds Google right. versus, yep, Equestic Solutions. Um... It was stunning. The, uh, the the decision ordered Google to remove all references to digital property stolen from Equestic and posted um, posted by a by a rival of Equestics from from global search results. So, the implications are effectively universal. A national court in, in actually my country has forced a information entity that operates in literally hundreds of legal jurisdictions around the world. To comply with the laws of one of that one nation in every other jurisdiction, and um, I haven't researched this enough, Christine, and I don't know if you've had a chance to look yet or not, but I think this actually contravenes American law. Uh, yes, because of our First Amendment. Yeah. So it, when I read it, it because uh, I am not a lawyer, <laughs> it uh, seems to cause issue with our First Amendment, which is what they need to be able to file an appeal against it because according to the legal standing if they want to remove this ruling uh, they have to have a country that conflicts with the the ruling that was given and i think we're the only country with a freedom of speech law of that nature in our constitution well the canadian court ruled um against google on the idea that um, or uh, on the concept that what Google was publishing a reference to in, in its search results is essentially stolen material and stolen stolen goods do not necessarily constitute free speech. Uh, the goods don't, but the presence of the website or the presence of the online so assets do. But by that argument, I could rent Madison Square Gardens and go sing every Prince song as loud as I could from the stage and not give uh, Paisley Park any royalties. Uh, probably. <laughs> well, no, but the thing is, no, you can't do that because Paisley Park will sue you badly. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the law is a fickle beast, right? But that's the legal argument that I hear. From what yeah. I've read, so yeah. I, I find that I, I do feel sympathy for the company because their property was stolen. It's being sold online across the world, so if it's not taken offline, they lose sales and a lot. Causes of irreparable harm to the to the inventor of the product. Exactly. 
So, uh, so it falls into a sort of a, a weird crevasse, right? Because it does create a slippery slope according to the EFF for um, what we're talking about. And then also for other countries to use their laws to censor the internet. And that's the wider legal question. Yeah. Uh, and the, the Canadian Supreme Court has not addressed those issues. They, 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 they put this, this decision forth and, um, yeah, again, I'm 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 very surprised that they didn't address the myriad of underlying issues that that come with this decision. But you know, last week there was another kind of weird decision, uh, another decision that favored the consumer over a large corporation. Um, the same Supreme Court of Canada last week, in a case uh, Duez versus Facebook refused to enforce a clause of Facebook's um, TOC, it's its terms and conditions, and in a standard, a standard part of a digital contract, which would require any legal actions against Facebook to be filed in a court in California. So in making that ruling, the Canadian court opened the door for a privacy class action lawsuit to move forward in the province of British Columbia, which has probably the tightest consumer protection laws and the tightest privacy laws in all of Canada. So again, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of a consumer or in favor of uh, an injured party against a much larger, a large, a much larger entity, uh, Facebook. Yeah, and all, all that sort of, you know, falls under maybe uh, too wide of a scope for these findings. Very right? possibly. Yeah. Um, it, I'm not here's the thing. How do you? How, how short of forcing Google to not operate in Canada, which I really don't see happening, what if Google chooses not to comply? Like, there's not a hell of a lot the Canadian court can do about it. No, not really. <laughs> and uh, Google has the money to fight this, so my guess is they're going to find a way to get it overturned. Um, or they're going to, or they're going to fight for it to be overturned from now until forever. Exactly, exactly, because um, that's what the law is really about, right? <laughs> who has but, the biggest pocket and who can go for the longest with the best lawyers? But here's the thing: that was the Supreme Court of Canada, sort of like SCOTUS, except with a toque. Um, sure. <laughs> where do you appeal past the Supreme Court? Um, well, I think you have to appeal probably in Canada, right? To do something, but I don't know how your laws work on your. You, you, the Queen. <laughs> like the, <laughs> honestly, the, the the Queen is the only thing that trumps the Supreme Court, and she is constitutionally apolitical. Well, here, uh, if it was happening here, they would have to. They would have to. To basically hear what they like to do is create cases where they find someone with standing to sue that will overturn the other law. So I don't know if they do that. You just keep bashing at it and bashing at it and bashing at it until you get the decision you want. Right. And what they do is they'll find somebody with an obscure case and then they'll pay for them here in the States. They'll pay for them to go through the entire process. So it gets to the Supreme Court. And if it gets heard, then they get hopefully their ruling. So that's how a lot of our political laws are passed that way. Okay. Um, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the decisions um, what you hear from our Supreme Court um, with a political edge to them tend to be cases that were kind of manufactured. Well, 
we're going to have to keep watching this one. The implications, again, are stunning. I uh, I wonder how, how I would cover this if this were an Australian court or a Hungarian court um, or an American court. Um, Chinese court. A Chinese court, indeed. Um, would we be completely outraged if it was a Chinese court? Um, and perhaps given that the, the theft actually was of a, from a Chinese, you know, it was a Chinese company that did the theft, perhaps China? that would have been a better venue. China stole intellectual property? Well, I mean, and here's, I mean, here's the funny thing. We all do it. Uh, you see the mouse on your Apple. desk? <laughs> Apple stole that from, uh, from IBM. I know, but China does have kind of a more aggressive issue with that. Well, I think I think it's just a matter of scale, right? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> the, the crime is the crime. It's just the scale of the crime we're talking. But the issue really is if we can censor things online, which is unfortunately because this was broadly, apparently broadly founded yeah. um, or decided that um, what if Iran decided it wanted to censor LGBTQ or China decided it wanted to censor anything from Tibet or well, like and, that. and they all they already actively do. It's just seeing it happen in a Western country is, um, I think, to use the EFF term, chilling. Yeah, I mean, not censoring their own internets, but I mean, being able to censor across the world. Well, as a Canadian, I'm not terribly happy to see uh, to see yeah. a decision that effectively censors a website. Although, again, it's hard not to sympathize with the uh, with the company in question um, through no fault of their own. Um, Equest found Equest Solutions found themselves in a position where they had to sue to um, try to protect their stuff. You know. Anyway, something to think about. We got there's a lot more that happened this week, including the 2.7 billion dollar decision against Google in the EU. But we're gonna have to give that a few minutes to percolate while we take a break here on uh, Webcology on Cranberry.fm. So, friends, on behalf of Christian Schackinger from uh, Sites Without Walls, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm on the 29th of June, 2017. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Circle. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so social the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your facebook contest and sweepstakes <laughs> create a fun easy to win contest by writing a simple facebook post watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction track your traffic and generate email lists with ease so social is mobile friendly and complies with facebook terms of service let so social give your facebook page some flash today zoom over to zosocial.com 
Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. Webcomet will take you to the deepest, darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Deaton. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls. I'm Christine, thank you again for uh, sitting in for Dave as he rides his bike down a, down a cliff face at Whistler. <laughs> It's weird saying saying that, but uh, where do we want to go? We have Google getting sued in the EU after getting after getting slapped around in Canada. Um, we got the worst thing about SEO. And, you know what? Let's do that. Red- SEOs? Yeah, yeah. Was, what, what was this? This was a Reddit thread about the uh, the worst thing about SEOs, not SEO. Well, I think it was about SEO, but it turned into the worst thing about SEO is SEOs. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then John Mueller on his uh, Twitter feed asked people to give him examples about the worst things with SEOs. <laughs> so apparently poor Barry Schwartz was listed as one. What? How could... How could... How, okay. According to Reddit, the worst thing about SEO is essentially other SEOs. What would you add? Well, I mean, um, Lauren Baker, obviously. <laughs> if, we're getting, if we're getting Barry Schwartz in there, we may as well get Lauren too, right? I mean, hell, spread this around, eh? Uh, what's the worst? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'd say the worst thing about SEO is um, the uncertainty of being an SEO practitioner. You know, look at the arc of so many of our careers where it's feast or famine, feast or famine, feast or famine. True. Um, so the famine, that's, that's, that's for me, that's the worst part of, of, of SEO. <laughs> I don't me, know about you. But the Twitter feed is more about what's, what's wrong with SEOs. <laughs> okay, well, I do, I do see some stuff that, uh, that um, Barry plucked for an article. And they, yeah. they listed scuzzy salesmen, dirty practices. <laughs> Here's one I totally agree with. Clients not doing their work. Yes. Unrealistic yeah. expectations. There's always one in every crowd. Usually he's got three drinks in his hand. The SEO claiming to be the best. <laughs> um, hey, you got PubCon coming up. You get to see a whole bunch of that soon, don't you? I do. I have DefCon first, then PubCon, and I'm gagged. DefCon is the Hackers Conference, right? It is, yeah. That's one conference where you don't brag about how really good you are. 
Yeah, I am not the smartest cookie in that room. <laughs> I just have... go to a Jeff Con, you will feel humble. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, after they after they steal your phone and pick up your girlfriend. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not good at the pick up your girlfriend part, but they'll definitely will steal your phone. <laughs> which is which makes it twice as embarrassing. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Rounding out the list of stuff that's bad in SEO, junk in search results, people that think they know SEO and don't, SEO penalties, negative SEO, and for, I'm sure somebody had a reason for this, Barry Schwartz. Yeah, poor Barry, right? <laughs> like, B-A-R-R-Y-S-C-H, that's, that's a weird way to spell Lauren Baker. <laughs> no, no. The, the way, by the way, both Barry and Lauren are two of of the best things in the SEO world. Um, all, yeah, all, Barry works very hard to get us information. So, and Lauren Baker's like twelve feet tall. He could like you know smush you just by like pushing his head downwards. <laughs> and genuinely nice guy who probably yeah, wouldn't smush you by pushing his hand downwards. <laughs> Uh, there's a Reddit thread, though, if you want to do all the reading. There's like 67 comments. Is that all? Yeah, no, that's I all. Mean, honestly, for an industry... That's not that I, big. I'm sorry? That's not that big for a Reddit thread, but... And for an industry that has a habit of making itself look like bad used car salesmen, I'm, I've got to say I'm, I'm quite surprised. <laughs> uh, and and honestly, my worst thing, my my worst complaint about SEO is is scuzzy practices. Um, people who use black hack techniques on client sites make a quick buck and then uh, split, leaving the client completely screwed and penalized. Yeah, I think I, I'd broaden that to just bad practitioners because black hack can be an appropriate tactic if used properly, and the client knows. But um, I think the problem we have is you can't certify this industry because it changes every day. And there'd be no way to have a test that, you know, would change with it every day. So um, the problem is you have people who have web design businesses and are like, oh, but I can charge a lot for SEO. And then, you know, somebody who does coding and they're like, I could charge a lot for SEO. And they just tack it on as a service that they don't really do or understand, and then they do damage. Yeah. yeah, and they, you know, they that that leaves somebody with a really bad taste in their mouth, and they tell someone who tells two friends who ten, tells two friends, and exponentially so on and so on and so on, and we look bad, and it's not cool. Sure. That's what ever happened to um, SEO King? SEO what? What, what, what was that guy? Um, he, he used to stake out the bottom of escalators at search conferences and SEO champion, that was him. <laughs> I don't know. He kind of faded away. Well, but he was—he was the SEO claiming to be the best, right? Yeah, he was. He was. I was at a—I was at a conference. Uh, I think it was SCS, where uh, he was arguing with Matt Cutts how many factors were in the algorithms. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't know what to say. Like it's one of those. That's one of those memories that has you. That just leaves you staring at the screen, going like, "Wow, how, how, how do you even follow that up?" He was, he was claiming that there was seventy-two, I think, ranking yeah. signals. And I was in the room at SCS. Matt was in there, and he's like, he's like arguing with Matt, and Matt goes, "You do know who I am, right?" It's like, he's like, "I am, 
I'm Google. You know, like, you know, I worked for Google. I helped write the algorithms. You're wrong. Like, he actually got mad. Because he was nice at first, but he, the guy kept pushing. Now, why can't stuff like this ever happen with Gary Ease? Who, you know, I, I would love, just, just for reaction value alone, just to watch that go down. <laughs> well, actually, Danny and Gary had a pretty, pretty, uh, I wouldn't say testy, but... It was definitely interesting last year at SMX because Gary wasn't answering anything. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. annoying as hell. Yeah. You, you could tell Danny was finally like, he's being funny about it, but he was just kind of like, dude, like, could you answer anything? <laughs> Please. So. so okay. There since last year. Gary's, Gary's got more open since last year. Oh, I find that too. Um, I think him and John are kind of actually settling into the roles that they have now. And, um, in both of their defenses, um, what they're what they're attempting to do by being spokespeople for Google is uh, is beyond incredibly difficult. Like you said, Christine, search by its nature, search changes daily. Yeah. And trying to keep up with with the changes and the implications of those changes, because uh, you know, listeners, don't don't forget, it's not like. When they when Google moves a dial here and there, the way their machine is designed, it affects everything, and all those other dials get moved too. Right. So if you're Gary or John Mueller, and someone asks you a question, you know that there's been a little bit of tinkering in the last couple of days. Could you imagine trying to consider the implications of that tinkering on the answer that you're trying to give to a question? Especially when you're not as intimately involved as Matt was. And yeah. Like, so in their defense, what they're trying to do is incredibly hard. Um, and, you know, maybe it does take a couple of years to figure out where the, you know, where the boundaries are. Yeah, definitely. And, and we're not the easiest group either. <laughs> no. no, but um, we will be having Gary or John on the show sometime in the next few months. Nice. Working this out is obviously really hard, but we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Um, we need one of these guys in the next few months because we're moving into an autumn where um, search is fundamentally going to flip itself on its head and, and, and you know change. I don't know you know, the the changes that are coming in the next uh, six to twelve months. Yeah, more like make this a new industry. They moved during SMX. They announced that they definitely wouldn't be ready before first quarter next year. Well, that's true. And we were talking about that um, either last week or the week before. Um, when having a lot of fun with that, actually. Oh, the mobile index is uh, coming soon, maybe. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but. And, he, and, and, and to Gary's credit, he's not giving us a date this time. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably be probably be not happy if he did. <laughs> but the things that are affecting search are more than just Google's algorithms. You know, the um, consumer habits, uh, the way we search, how we phrase our searches. Is it a voice search? Is it typed in a mobile device? Is it typed on a desktop? These things all affect how Google does its thing. You know, I, I, and, yeah, go ahead. 
No, no, go for it. Go for it. No, I was just going to say, though, um, personally, just as a user, I'm not talking as a, you know, that I've sat here and studied this yet as an SEO. But since I started moving to this really heavy mobile focus, I have found that um, non-entity searches, like things that are more abstract or, or maybe even just I'm looking up code information, uh, have become very poor in the results. I get results now that literally don't match the query at all. So yeah. I, I think my personal feeling is they should have separated and had a mobile index and a, you know, everything else index or, a, you know, quick answers to quick questions index and uh, not try to use the same principles to all types of queries. Well, in, in, indeed, because the intent is so different depending on device, so right? Yeah. And the other thing, too, is mobile search is is vastly huge, but it's vastly narrow, right? People are not looking for the breadth and depth of things they're looking at on desktop. So while they're trying to hyper-focus on this very definitive mobile search queries, which have a lot of definite answers on desktop, it's, it's just a loss a lot of the times. I'm going to Facebook and asking questions because I can't get an answer in Google search. You know, I was, uh, I was, I, I, I don't know if I was reading this somewhere or if I was talking with somebody, but um, is when people are looking for product information, they're turning to Amazon now before Google. So it's, Google's got a problem. It does have a problem, and its problem is it's trying to do uh, one solution fits all. Same with this mobile first indexing thing that's coming next year. Why would you take all your rankings for mobile? I mean, all your ranking signals for desktop for mobile, including content. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do, right? So you have this little itty bitty screen that you've pared down stuff because a little itty bitty screen. And now, if you're on desktop, you're not going to find something unless it fits on that little itty bitty screen. So now people have to move all their content to mobile, which doesn't work well. And I mean, I personally believe in a responsive site and all contents available. But a lot of companies did not do that. A lot of companies pared their content down. And well, so now they're going to have to move back to adding all their content to mobile, which just seems kind of a, a silly focus. Well, no, I mean, and, and you were right, by the way, with with going for responsive, uh, responsive design and putting as much information as you could because the intent may be different on device, but needs are often the same. Information is information, and I need that information. It's got to be there, right? Right, and I've been very frustrated with websites who have carried down their content quite a bit in their mobile site because I can't find what I need. I'm like, I, I one time couldn't find a location. There was no way to find location, and I couldn't get to their full site. And, like, there, and therefore, you, you didn't buy X, Y, or Z, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, you said something earlier, and we're, we're going to have to take a break in a couple of seconds, but I, I want to get this in before break because it's, it's a salient point. Um, you, you mentioned this this, like one one solution fits all mentality that google google has going right now and uh i think that's a problem in the seo industry as well given that the number of engines uh search devices that are being used by consumers are again multiplying and we've just gone through this like five-year period where we've had basically one and a half search engines we've had google and we've had the afterthought bing now we have Google, we have Facebook, um, we have Amazon, we have uh, the two the two competing devices, um, 
Alexa and 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 uh, Google Home. Um, we, I, we're going back into a search multiverse again. It feels like. Kind of. I don't know many people that search Facebook for anything except. Well, you what just said you did. You just said you did. No, not Facebook. No, not Facebook. I go to Facebook and ask questions of friends. Oh. I can't get the information from Google. Oh, so, I mean, I get it. I get it. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I break their legs. In answer to your question, break their legs. Yeah. Their search appliance is so poor. I can't even find my, my, own, my own posts, things in my own posts. So I don't think Facebook's really a heavy search engine. And the other thing is with the, uh, the home devices, where they do have a definite um, draw for users, not a lot of draw for companies unless they're selling a product to really be on those because they don't get anybody to visit a website. So Bing is going to actually um, merge everything. So like when you search something, you'll get also a, a URL that you can click on. Okay. Um, sent to your phone or sent to your email or wherever you want it sent um, when you do searches so that you have that record. Uh, okay. So I, they might be more successful going forward because why would I optimize my site for uh, Amazon Echo if I'm not something if I'm not doing it for brand awareness, right? Unless it's a product or, a, you know, a restaurant nearby or something like that. Well, I, th I think the obvious answer is because somebody's got an Amazon Echo sitting on their desk and that's how they're um, communicating with the web. Right. But what does it do for you if it's not brand awareness? They're not going to your website. You're not getting a click or a visit. No, you're right. It has to be brand awareness. But I've still got to get my client's ideas in front of that person. Um, and my client's message in front of that person based on the keywords that he or she is, is, is using in their query, right? True. No, definitely. But I think that's going to be very limited to certain verticals. And there's going to be a lot of verticals that are like, I'm not going to bother because I don't, I'm not going to get enough out of that. And I don't get any visits to my website. And Well, and, then, and here's the problem. Um, I, we, may, we may be entering a multiverse for a short period of time, but Amazon's taking over everything. Um I'm not sure that our clients are going to have a lot of choice. If that's where the action is, that's where the action is. Yeah, but I'm saying there's no – well, I guess I'm trying to say I'm not being very clear, I think, is I think for certain verticals there will be action there. But for other verticals, there will not be any real reason for them to be there because it benefits them really in no way. They're not a big enough brand for brand awareness and, and nobody's visiting their website, so they're not going to care. You can't even get them to care about mobile in a lot of cases, let alone <laughs> for something that doesn't bring them any clicks or visits, right? Well, and, and, and maybe they won't be here in five years' time, too. Um, okay, Christine, we've we got, we got to leave it on that thought. Like, I, 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 can feel, I can feel Brasco in the studio, and, <laughs> like thousands of miles away in Fort Lauderdale, going, take a break! <laughs> so we're going to take a break here on Webcology at Cranberry.fm. Um, friends, it is the 29th of June. 2017 29th of june summer's almost over go out and have fun after this show's done but before we can do any of that we got to take one more commercial break we'll be back after these messages sit tight and don't move webcology we'll be back after this short break Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. 
apps, premium Facebook apps, and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and I'm joined by Christine Schackinger from the Site Without Walls. Dave wasn't able to make it this week. He's riding his bicycle down the side of a mountain. Uh, <laughs> love saying that. It's funny every time you say it. <laughs> hey, and you so, got my name wrong every break. <laughs> I have. Well, I, th- I think I've gotten over the Shackinger break. But did you hear last week's show? Uh, no, I didn't. I was. We had Dwayne the Woodsman on. What's that? We had Dwayne Forrester on. Oh, okay. But. Unfortunately, Dwayne the Woodsman came out more like Dwayne the Australian beer guy, because <laughs> my accent makes Forrester sound like Foster. <laughs> and I have to try to, you know, I have to try to our, to enunciate and, you know, speak specifically to make sure that Forrester doesn't come out as Foster. <laughs> so we had Dwayne Foster on last week, which was kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but kind of amazing. That's awesome. So I'm I'm quite proud to get Shackinger correct and quite embarrassed to have screwed up uh, Dwayne's name last week. (laughs) And, you know, if only Studio would find me when I screw these things up, I'd probably get my act together a lot faster. But... Arranged. 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 Except this is the tech industry, and the kind of fines that get leveled in our industry, I'm sorry. I just don't have the coin for. For instance, just earlier this week, your friend and mine, Google, got itself slapped with a 2.4 billion euro, which is you know 2.7 billion American, fine yes. for abusing its, well, for abusing itself. <laughs> you can't do that in public, Google. <laughs> um, for for promoting its own shopping search over competing uh, competing shopping search engines and uh, shopping reference vendors 
in European search. So a $2.7 billion fine, that's like serious screw you money. It is, though. I, I don't remember the exact amount, but I read in a thread somewhere that they have in reserve something like $10 billion for things like this, just sitting there. So Don't be evil, but stockpile <laughs> cash just in case someone notices. <laughs> exactly. Is, is that what you're playing? It's sort of like going to your piggy bank. <laughs> Jeez, I, I had no idea that this $10 billion fine or a fund, or I'd have sued them long ago. I know, right? <laughs> um, okay, first off, I'm, I'm not as experienced in European search as I ought to be, given that I live in North America. But um, do you think they did it? Do you think that, that the EU had a strong case? I think so, because the Google shopping engine does do that. You know, it, remember a few years back, they stopped being a purely um, organic type engine and they do preference. And they didn't, I don't see where Google denied that that was true. I no, could be, right. no, 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 you're right. You're right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they denied it. So I, I really think I kind of saw the story and went, well, kind of about time. Because <laughs> we all thought, I know a lot of us in the industry, that when they started doing things like, the travel engine and the hotel engine and the shopping engine, then eventually it would be called an antitrust issue. Although in America, um, as, you know, as we were talking about at the beginning of the show, there is this uh, convenient clause called the First Amendment that says, yeah, I can publish this. Uh, it does, but uh, antitrust laws are a little bit different here, but I, I don't think that Google would, well, there has been talk about it, but Google has the, I think, the largest lobby or one of the top five. One of them. On Congress. Yep. So anytime they've gotten close to discussions about Google and antitrust, it seems to go away fairly quickly. That's, um, you know, and on one side, I'd, I'd like to say that's unfortunate because there's a really good chance that us North American consumers are actually being scroogled here. But, um, on the other, it's it's uh, it just feels. It, 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 I am as about as left wing as you can get politically. <laughs> sure. And to me, it feels <laughs> weird with the court screwing around with a private business like this. Yeah, but they're not just a private business, right? Like they're when you have market dominance, it's a different thing, and that's that's why, like you know, when when Matt would be at conferences and say, we don't we don't adjust things manually. You know, you might get a manual review because basically the idea is if we manipulate our results, then we could be accused of, you know, this exact thing. So uh, as Google's moved more towards a portal than just a search engine, um, I think this is not going to be the last time this comes up. Because, do you think, it, you think it might actually come up in, a, in an American context sometime? Uh, that's hard to say because their lobby is so strong here, and unfortunately, lobbies do buy. Um, but in other countries like the EU, um, I don't see this as being uh, probably the last time this is going to happen because they are being more and more aggressive about putting in pre-designed spaces, pre-selected materials. Most of it's still run on algorithms, but not all of it. So, well. Google, Google's uh, parent, Alphabet, it's got, has 90 days to formally respond and to um, propose a remedy that will create uh, additions of, quote-unquote, equal treatment to Google's uh, competitors in Europe. 
they got to notify the European Commission within 60 days of its plans. Failure to do so, um, well, we're talking additional penalties and fines that could be imposed against Google. So 2.7 billion American or 2.4 euro might just be the beginning. There may actually be further act or further uh, penalty around the same case. Yeah, and and I think they're fairly sure they're they're footing here because apparently they searched 5.2 terabytes of search results on the equivalent of 1.7 billion search queries to come to this conclusion. So, so, <laughs> so they were using a mouse product then, you think? You think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they were pretty thorough, you're saying? Pretty thorough. So I think that they, they probably spent a lot of time building this case, and, and I'm, I know Google's appealing it, but the EU is pretty tough. So... Uh well, it's also the third largest economy on Earth. Yeah. With or without England. So, like, um, it's not like Google can do, can, can, the EU found a ruling against Google in, Google News in Spain. Google was unwilling to comply with that ruling, so it just pulled Google News completely out of Spain. Doing that is one thing, but pulling out of the entire EU is, like, another. So that's not going to happen. Right, and the difference, of course, being is pulling out a news publication is one thing, pulling out all your shopping yeah. and your search engine with all your ads uh, would be much greater than that sign. <laughs> so expect some behavior modification, some very expensive behavior modification on, on the part of Google, eh? Yeah, and I, I actually, I think it's, uh, personally, I, I find that it, I, I don't really have issue that they should modify that because... They do control basically 99, I think it's 99% of search in the EU. Mm -hmm. So preferencing their own product over others um, is, and from what I understand about monopolies, um, is pretty much what they're doing and, uh, is, and is not fair to other businesses. Okay. We got about two minutes left before we got, it, before we got to go into the ether. Um, Google has confirmed there was a algorithm update. It hit on the 25th, so it started on started rolling out on Sunday. Um, not a lot of feedback on exactly what it is yet. I, I'm hearing stuff about healthcare, but we'll have more information on that next week. Uh, Christine, I guess we got we just got a couple. We got about a minute here. Have you been uh, using Google Posts in uh, Google My Business? I haven't, but only because I I don't have a business client right now that would be using them. Okay. I understand that there's been some serious issues. Like with, not ready uh, for prime time? So not ready for prime time. Like I'm seeing people post about like, did they even bother to test this before they rolled it out? Yeah. So if, yeah. if, if, if folks out there, if you're having problems with, uh, with Google posts, so is everybody else. So if you're not alone, keep <laughs> screwing with it. Um, keep messing with it unless, unless it really looks bad for your client, in which case, you know, run like hell. But, Google will get it worked out. It's not your problem. It's not you. It's them. And that brings us to the end. We did it. We made it through a whole hour. <laughs> Virtual high five. Virtual high five. Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls. Thank you so much for jumping in at the uh, the last second to, uh, to, to, to the assist here this week. And thank you for having me. 
friends, you've been listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It is, the date of recording at any rate, was the 29th of June, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. I was joined by Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls. And uh, myself and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing are going to be here next week. Same bat time, same bat channels. Stick around Cranberry. More great content coming up after the news. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests. That got really good second segment forward, but I totally fucked up the first segment. No, that, you didn't. That was my, unfortunately, my computer. Because you're awesome. Yours. <laughs> yeah, because you're awesome, Brasco. Okay, I have been waiting all day to go for this bike ride, and I'm going. Woo! Go. Yay. Thanks again, Christine. And uh, Brasco, thanks as always, eh? Yeah. yeah. Okay, talk to you guys later. I'm going bike riding. Have fun. Bye. Bye. <laughs>